from San Diego, California. This is a One Extraordinary Marriage Show. We're being busy is overdone, romancing is fun, and scheduling sex has taken the guesswork out of wondering when you're going to get some. I'm Tony DeLorenzo, your co-host, along with my beautiful wife, Elisa. From coast to coast and around the world, thank you for joining us. It's time to talk sex, love, and commitment. Give us a call at 858-876-5663. That's 858-876-5663. In today's show, we talk about the physical as well as the emotional ramifications of premature ejaculations. Please note that we are not medical doctors. Nothing in today's show is medical advice. Should you have any ongoing issues, please seek out help from your medical professional. And as we jump into today's show, I want you to think about this quote from relationship quote, relationship coach, Barbara DeAngelis. She says, the more connections that you and your lover make, not just between your bodies, but between your minds, your hearts, and your souls, the more you will strengthen the fabric of your relationship and the more real moments you will experience together. And that's what we're going to be talking about today, about the connections that the two of you have when things don't go exactly as planned. And as we start every show with a hug, this week's hug is brought to you by One Extraordinary Marriage. Are you looking for a quick way to argue less, discuss more, and improve your marriage? Learn a simple, easy strategy that will stop escalation in its tracks. Spare your marriage of tons of unnecessary stress and drama. This free report cuts to the chase. It's pure, no fluff, actionable information. And if you want to get your hands on it right now, go to oneextraordinarymarriage.com slash argue less. And here's a hug that we just got in. It actually came in, Tony, with one of our love you guys pictures. Yep. Which in case you guys don't know about it, we have a wall now. We're pushing, I think, 60 pictures up here on the love you guys wall of pictures of you guys. You've sent it in to us. You know, we just love you guys pick in the subject line. You can send it to info at oneextraordinarymarriage.com. Just the highest resolution picture that you have of the two of you. We love all the selfies and all of the um, places that are, you know, unique to your area. Like we've got one couple up here that um, they sent, a, they're from Michigan and they sent a picture with Michigan in the background and, you know, diehard Buckeye that I am, I still hung it up there. Um, so we love seeing those fun pictures come in. And this hug said, I found your podcast a while ago and I'm having fun catching up on all the episodes. My wife and I have been married 20 plus years in March and our marriage is pretty wonderful. Unfortunately, though, I could not say that a little over a year ago when we were on the edge of divorce in a miserable and sexless marriage. In the process of revitalizing our marriage, we were introduced to marriage coaching for the first time. As we'd been to counseling in the past with little results, we were quite surprised by how different and seemingly more effective coaching was. Coaching helped us to make lasting changes in ourselves and in our marriage that we had never been able to do in past counseling. We are truly grateful for the new start we have received. And I just want to wish this couple a happy early anniversary. I know their anniversary is not till March, but they've obviously made huge strides Mm -hmm. in this last year and are living out a different future than they had expected Mm -hmm. just a short time ago. So congratulations to the two of you on all the hard work that you have done. And as Tony said at the top of the show, today's show is going to be about premature ejaculation. 
And as so often happens, the topics for the show come up because of either conversations that we've had with others or experiences that we've had in our own lives. Mm-hmm. And this one, this is about us. Right. Th- this is where this topic comes from because Tony and I, you guys know we have the intimacy lifestyle. And last Thursday, yes, because you made up for it on Friday. Right. So last Thursday, we're having sex and... Well, we weren't having sex. Well, we weren't having just, sex. Yeah. We, were, we were in the foreplay stage. Yep, we were in the foreplay stage. Why don't you tell a story? So we were in foreplay. It's a Thursday night, so Elisa's night to initiate. And it, it was, I would say it was a little late, you know, running around doing our thing and what have you. And so we got into foreplay, got into oral, oral sex, mm-hmm. really having a good time. So we're, we're both really enjoying this moment together. As we're getting heightened, getting closer to Elisa having an orgasm, I get to the point where I'm going to, I'm going to go, I'm going to explode. I'm going to, I'm going to ejaculate. And it was at that moment that, um, I couldn't hold back. I was unable to stop myself and for lack of anything else, I just stopped oral sex with Elisa cut that off completely and began intercourse, which lasted all of. Go ahead, honey, be generous. Be generous <laughs> under 30 seconds. Because by that point, it was, I was already at that point. And this isn't a normal occurrence any longer in our marriage. This is something that we did experience a lot early on in our marriage. And I don't think it was a physical issue. I think it was more of a mental issue. Mm -hmm. So I do want to say that what we're going to discuss here today is a lot of the emotional baggage that comes with something like this. Because it could be seldom or it could happen often. And I just want to bring a little Mayo Clinic Mm-hmm. in here just so we you know we're not doctors i actually go to mayo clinic's website for all of the medical side of things when we're discussing them with you guys and i just want to be very clear on what they say about premature ejaculation just so we're right. all playing kind of on the same understanding here according to mayoclinic.com they say premature ejaculation occurs when a man ejaculates sooner during sexual intercourse than he or his partner would like this is a common sexual complaint Estimates vary, but as many as one out of three men say they experience this problem at some times. And then this is very important. Mayo Clinic says, as long as it happens infrequently, it's not cause for concern. And, you know, I want to just kind of harp on that a little bit because it's so easy when you find yourself in one of these anomaly type situations for it to suddenly become you know, go from a blip on the radar screen to a very common occurrence. Yeah. And that's, that's really where a lot of this emotional stuff plays in because immediately after Tony and I have this situation, hold on, before you go there, I want to just say what at that moment after this happened, what, what did I feel like in that moment? Because I'm done. I've ejaculated. I'm feeling good. As most of you men know that feeling, it's, it's relief, you know, it's, you know, you have that buildup of semen and 
you're, you're able to release it. It feels good. But really right after that, you know, I open my eyes and I see Elisa's face. And at that moment, honestly, I felt embarrassed. Um, I felt I was lacking in a way because having had sex with Elisa for so many years and honestly doing the intimacy lifestyle for so many years that I really didn't, I really don't expect this to happen. And so in that moment, honestly, my biggest thing was I felt embarrassed. Um, so it, it, it just, it, it led to at that time to just look at Elisa and go, I can't believe that happened that fast. And I, I'm not one to have, a, you know, I don't wear the masks very well. So I know what my face was saying. And my face was very much saying, did that just happen? You know, just shock and surprise because it has been so long. I mean, like Tony said, this was a very common occurrence in the early years of our marriage when we didn't have good communication, when pornography was a factor in our marriage, when there were all of these other things that weren't building the sexual intimacy between me and Tony. Mm -hmm. And in the last, what are we on, seven years now-ish, seven-ish, when our focus has been away from that, that hasn't been the problem. Now, I do want to also say, when Tony and I have a quickie, and quickies are definitely a part of our sexual repertoire. Menu, yep. repertoire. There is very little expectation that I'm going to have an orgasm. And that's understood. And there's no, there's no disappointment when I don't have an orgasm when we're having a quickie. Because I'm like, we're having a quickie. Like, I just want to connect with you. You know, I don't need an orgasm all the time. Right. And, and I'm with Elisa on that as well. It is a known hey, this is what we're going to do. It's going to be a quickie. Usually last time we were from three to five minutes, just depending on where we're at, position, you know, things of that nature because we don't have that initial foreplay, that build up to sexual heightness where this was, you know, full on, we're getting closer to Elisa orgasming, having an orgasm and me just, it, it, here's the way I felt personally was that, Alisa was just a receptacle. And, and I say that because I remember the days when I would treat her like that. And I do not ever want to treat her like that anymore. I, I, my, my understanding of our sexual intimacy and how we connect is much deeper than that. So when that happened, that's where my embarrassment came in my sense of lacking was like, wow, I can't believe that happened that fast as well. I'm, I'm still chuckling because I think we both had that reaction. Like, whoa, that was, you know, like zero to 60 in all of two and a half seconds. And, you know, interestingly enough, so we, we come to the situation where this has happened and, you know, Tony's opened his eyes. He's processing what's on my face. He's processing his own emotions. And we find ourselves at a crossroads. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are two ways that you go or can go when that type of thing happens. You, you can turn it into a negative situation where you're dealing with either feelings of hostility, like, I can't believe you left me hanging and, rah, 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 you know, the, the, the screaming banshee comes out. You can go into the silent treatment, like, that hurt my feelings and I'm not going to talk to you. That's kind of that whole negative path one of those two reactions or you can choose a positive path to say, okay, we need to talk about what's going on here. 
Like, I know that was awkward for you. It was awkward for me. What What's going on? Yeah, lay it out there. I mean, you, you know there's a, an awkwardness in the room at that moment. I mean, Elisa and I could sense that awkwardness ourselves. And I'm, and she was so gracious in that moment of just like, honey, it's okay. It's not like this happens often. You know, this is, you know, we've had instances of this happen in the past, just at different times, sure. you know, in our, in the past seven years when we have been doing the intimacy lifestyle. So she was very gracious in this moment of just going, it's okay. If anything, I was really hard on myself. Yes. You were definitely harder on yourself than I was on you. Because there was two reasons why. One was I love being able to give Elise an orgasm. I, I enjoy that moment as much as I think she does. And secondly, I was like, I need to redeem myself. I am a guy. I want my wife to know that this isn't going to happen again. So very quickly thereafter, when Elisa's like, it's all good, I'm already thinking about tomorrow, the next day, and I'm going, um, we're going we're gonna to make this up tomorrow. And Elisa's, again, very gracious during this whole time of just, you know, just, you know, she's in the bathroom, cleaning off, getting, you know, ready for bed. And I'm just thinking, no, 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 we're going to go back to this tomorrow so that we can go through this again and one for me to feel like I need to redeem myself. And yet hear, hear me out. Elisa was not saying that Elisa wasn't saying, Hey Tony, we really need, that was me. I, I give her big kudos and thank yous for allowing us to have sex the next day again, where we were both able to enjoy our own orgasms. And you know, that's a big piece of this emotional pie. You know, when we talk about emotional intimacy and, you know, all of those skills that we talk about and all those strategies that we brought into he zig, she zags. I mean, a lot of this, you know, really listening, you know, and opening up and being vulnerable. You know, when you've got this big, gigantic elephant sitting in your bedroom and let's face it, it was taking up the whole bed mm, and then some and then some, you know, what do you do? I mean, I could have been a complete, you know, witch to Tony and just been so hard on him and created all of this undue pressure in our marriage. I could be like, you know what, honey, it, 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 it happened. You know, there, are, there are worse things in the world than this. And let's just figure out, okay, is there something going on? Like, are you distracted? You know, was, is there just other stuff? And if not, then let's just say this was, this was a blip. Right. And you know, our reactions to what happened in our marriage, your reaction to what happens in your marriage, so much of that dictates the future. Right. You know, I did have a choice. I had a choice if I was going to put pressure on Tony, like, really, you're not satisfying me? Seriously? Like, that's how you're going to treat me? You know, I could have brought up the past. I didn't bring up the past. I honestly didn't even think about it until he brought it up. You know, about how things used to be because they've been... We've changed so much in our marriage because we've spent the last seven years working on it that the first 11 have really kind of receded into the background. You know, and it was interesting because, you know, as Tony and I were doing some more research and, you know, looking at this Mayo Clinic stuff, we actually sat down last night and had a conversation about our sex life that we've never had in the sense that we got to talking about 
how, you know, once I've orgasmed, you know, the length of time that we're actually having sexual intercourse. Cause I, I am a woman who is, I orgasm through clitoral stimulation. It's very infrequently that I will have an orgasm through vaginal stimulation. And so, you know, I was telling Tony, I'm like, look, dude, once I've had my orgasm, I don't care if you're in there for like, you know, 10 seconds or three minutes or longer. Cause I'm good. Like that whole time doesn't matter. And I had never actually told him those words mm-hmm. and, and basically let him off the hook that, that it doesn't matter. The actual penetration doesn't matter to me. Now I want to be very clear. This is this wife talking to her husband, but in keeping with that, you guys have to have these conversations, right? Because we got into this discussion and I was talking about how quickly I can ejaculate after Elisa's had an orgasm. And I, again, I will think about that. Not that it's premature, but that, wow, that happened quicker than I expected. And, you know, am I letting her down? Did she want longer? And by her mentioning this, and this is where those conversations do come in handy when you talk about things over and over and in different ways, you learn new things about each other, even like us 18 years into this. And that was just refreshing to hear. That was refreshing to know that, hey, as long as she's cool, we're good. We can move on. And I'm going to say that we want to, we're talking about a lot of the emotional stuff here. As you can tell, we're not talking about the physical, you know, issue of premature ejaculation. Again, at the top of the show, we said, if you have medical issues, if you are experiencing this more often than you really think you should be, seek out your doctor, talk to them, tell them what's going on and figure out a strategy so you guys can move forward. One of the biggest things though, is that, you know, Elisa allowed me to share where I was at and didn't point fingers at me because it can go down a rabbit trail. Something like this could, because we start pointing at our own selves. We're hard on ourselves about this because we are, as men, embarrassed about this. This isn't something that I think many guys would ever take lightly. I mean, this is something that it's our manhood. It's who we are as men. It's who we are as husbands. And so when this does happen infrequently or frequently, we have emotions that get all tied up in this. And if you do point at him or say, again, you did that, you got to realize that you're not building up your marriage. You're not building up your husband at those moments in time. You're, you're actually, you're actually just breaking them down and having them think about this more and more, which could lead to less sex. If you want more sex could lead to less because this is happening. Why would I do it? And that actually becomes a vicious cycle because uh, there's, you know, quite a bit of, uh, quite a number of articles and whatnot that deal with the fact that frequency of sex is one of the factors in premature ejaculation. You know, I mean, it, it, it you know, when we were talking about this time and I were prepping for the show, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, here you are, you aren't having sex very frequently. And so there's all of this buildup, both physical and emotional. Right. And you're finally like, oh my gosh, we're going to have sex. Boom, it's over. 
it's over. It's over. And so then it's like, oh, here we go again. Here we go again. And, you know, interestingly enough, so, t- you know, Tony and I do obviously spend quite a bit of time analyzing our own sex life. And, you know, Tony made mention of the fact as we were discussing this, that he's noticed that it's been a shorter period of time recently between, you know, when we start and when he ejaculates. And so we started thinking, okay, well, what's changed, right? right? Like what's different? Why is that happening now? Because some of the articles that we said, as far as ways to slow down the process referenced using condoms. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, Tony and I both had this, you know, we looked at each other and we both kind of have this aha moment. And you guys who have used condoms before and don't use condoms or you use them and you don't use them, you know that feeling with it on and with it off. Right. There's the difference in sensation. There's less sensation when you're wearing a condom. Well, two months ago, I had my tubes tight, tubal ligation. So we haven't had to use the condom since I got cleared from my doctor post, post-operative. And so all of a sudden, Tony and I both kind of have this look of, Oh, Oh, we don't have a, he doesn't have the break in or the, the less stimulation. Mm -hmm. And we also don't have the break in the process for him to put the condom on. Right. Because beforehand, what would end up happening would during foreplay, we would, um, we would have foreplay orgasm, heightened arousal. As you guys know, put it on a condom takes time getting it, taking it out of the package, da, 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 da. You know, so that in that moment in time, I would say my heart rate would go down that, um, that sensation, that really explosive sensation has decreased and then we would get going again. And so that was a big aha moment, obviously, like we didn't think about this and we talk about this stuff all the time and it's like, oh my gosh, that. It's probably one of the reasons mm-hmm. where I'm having quicker ejaculation than I have in the past. And and so as we were looking through this and I was looking at this as well, I wanted to I wanted to learn some strategies mm-hmm. for myself and I wanted to share with you guys so that way you can extend out your pleasure without ejaculating. Sure, because you know, this is that time to connect. Mm-hmm. It's like that quote uh, Barbara D'Angelo said at the beginning about, you know, multiple ways to connect with your lover. So what were your favorite ways? It was, we were you know, doing the research on this. What were some of your, like the most unusual ways or, you know, what, but, what really stuck out to you? All right. So here's the one I'm going to be trying. And I tried it briefly on Friday. I don't think it was successful as I expected it to be, but I don't, I don't think I had it down but it's called the testes tug and for you guys know when we're about to ejaculate our scrotum rises up it gets closer to our body you know instead of hanging down it it rises up and so what they're saying is that you can do is you can delay the ejaculation by gently pulling your testes down so you can do this yourself or you can have your spouse do it for you i'm thinking you're going to want to test this a little bit and and maybe you know if if you're pulling yourself, careful. You, yeah, if you're pulling yourself, you know what you know when Al comes. If your wife is doing it for you, you may just want to say, "Hey, honey." If I say "Ow," it means you're grabbing way too hard. So, what, what you want to do is you want to pull, gently pull on your testes, 
and pull it away from your body. Um, and this, they say, will prolong your ejaculation. I also found it interesting, too, that they talked about um, various analgesics, so numbing agents to slow down. And, you know, apparently there are condoms out there where you can, you know, have this in the condom. You know, so all of these different ways to minimize the, the sensation. And that's usually with those condoms, it's it's in the head of the condom. Mm-hmm. So it's actually a numbing agent on the, the head of the penis is what's happening. And... and and I don't think you always have to use a condom. I've also, right. we also read that there are other products that you can purchase that you can rub on to your penis. The only thing with that, as the woman, I don't necessarily want to be numb. So I mean, you got, because the analgesic is going to go both ways. <laughs> yes, that's true. That is true. But by that time, you're probably, I'm probably, we're good probably anyhow. done. I mean, really, you're going to have a numbing effect after intercourse that's true I, i'm just saying so it, we're just saying that's that's something else for for some of you it it may be trying a condom mm-hmm. as much as you may not like the feel of it it might be something to try out test out see what happens stop you know being in your in your like oh i don't wear condoms because this is try it it may extend you out that once a month or twice a month whenever you whenever you want it may extend out that sexual pleasure you have with your spouse and sometimes it's not about you you know this is about you being a selfish lover or selfless lover not a selfish selfless lover for your spouse and i think the number one strategy that couples can bring in is working on their communication yeah, this is a topic that deals so much with sexual intimacy and yet the emotional intimacy side of being able to work through something like this is huge. I mean, you guys heard what we did. I, I know I've received numerous emails. I've had coaching calls with folks where this is an issue for them and they haven't always handled it the same way that Tony and I did. And I don't know that 10 years ago, I would have handled it the same way that Tony and I did now. Mm-hmm. You know, 10 years ago, I probably wasn't even talking about it. It was probably like, whatever, we just had sex. I'm going to bed. I mean, that was that would probably have been my reaction because that's, that's how defeated our sex life was at that point in time. Right. Before we made intimacy in all forms a priority in this marriage. Yeah. And what I would say is that if the two of you are struggling with this or with other sexual intimacy issues that you make a point to find ways to start connecting with one another again outside of the bedroom. Because a lot of times what happens is all of the, the emotional charge that takes place between the sheets, it starts to override everything else, that tension, those, those tapes that are playing in your head, oh, I'm not good enough, or this happened last time, or all of this, it, it destroys the foundation. And so the two of you have to find ways to connect. You have to find ways to communicate again. And for those of you that are struggling with this, that you don't even know where to start with, what do we talk about? I'm going to direct you to connect like you did when you first met. 101 Proven Questions for Couples. This is a resource that Tony and I put together and the reason we put it together is because you guys have told us time and time and time and time again 
that communication's an issue, that you want to see improvement in the next six months in your communication, but you don't know where to start. And there's a whole, I can't, I don't remember exactly how many questions that deal with sexual and physical intimacy mm-hmm. in the book, but there's a whole section. Yep. Yeah. They're, they're interspersed throughout, but there is a lot. And what that's going to allow the two of you to do is to have the conversations to build that emotional intimacy. So just like Tony and I, we had that moment where we're like, whoa, you know, Lisa's wearing the whole big shocked look on her face. But you know what? It didn't ruin our Thursday night. It didn't ruin our Friday. It didn't put any extra pressure on sex Friday night, at least not for me. I think Tony was carrying his own little bit of pressure. Um, A little bit. A little bit. And yet I knew that we had talked through this and it wasn't massive. It wasn't like we were coming to this. I was coming to this blind. It was, we had talked about it. We knew where we were at and um, that was very helpful for me. So if you, if you want to check that book out, you just go to connectlikeyoudid.com. So connectlikeyoudid.com. The resource is going to be there. You can check that out, see what, see more information on it. Uh, but I strongly, I use it with all my coaching clients. I strongly recommend that you pick that up. Yeah. So as we end this show today, you know, premature ejaculation is something I think many of us guys are going to experience sometime in our lives. We just, we just are. And how are we going to deal with it emotionally is a big part of moving forward in our sexual intimacy with our spouse. So we hope today we gave you a bird's eye view about that emotional side, how you guys can connect together. In all honesty, I hope you don't have to deal with it. Really, I hope you don't. And yet, if you do, here's some ways to think about what you can do to extend your ejaculation and also emotionally connect with each other. Again, if this is something that is truly impacting your sex life, it's a continuous thing that's happening, please go out and seek medical attention. See what your medical provider suggests and go from there. You guys, we love you so much and we just hope that your sexual intimacy gets stronger. The bond between you two gets stronger. You connect at a deeper level because it is the one act that you guys get to do together that nobody else does. You guys get to experience that together. So enjoy it. We love you guys. Have yourself a fantastic week week.